Welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. Today, we're talking to all the fertile people in the world. So if someone that you know asked you to listen to this episode, there's a reason why. <laughs> because we're just you have not been very nice. <laughs> well, not necessarily. <laughs> no, not no, necessarily. Just telling you, hey, listen to this. This is what we want you to know. <laughs> right. These are going to be do's and don'ts for how to uh, interact with us infertile people. Like, we're not aliens. We're just normal people. I thought I was an alien when I was little. <laughs> you can't cut my toenails. I'm an alien. I don't know why I thought I was an alien. You had a vivid imagination. That's why guess so do you want to know a really embarrassing story about my childhood that sort of has to do with this podcast sure (laughs) did you have any imaginary friends no i didn't well i had several and according to my mother one of them was named penis no (laughs) what yeah. <laughs> was your mom like, don't say that? Oh, I'm sure she was. My mom would, I mean, she's mortified that I talk about them now in my adulthood. <laughs> That's really weird. Why would you have an imaginary friend named Penis? I have no idea. I wonder how I ever even heard the word. Yeah, how'd you come across that? I don't know. But she said, okay, here's a funny story, <laughs> and then we'll move on. <laughs> She said one day I was playing. This was before my sister was born. So I couldn't have been more than like three, three and a half, maybe. And I was playing outside in the backyard. And she, I mean, she could see me and hear me and everything. And she all of a sudden just heard me yelling, penis, penis, (laughs) like just screaming it at the top of my lungs. And you know, as like loud, I'm sure all the neighbors could hear the little three-year-old in the backyard screaming <laughs> penis. <laughs> and yes, I'm sure she was mortified, but apparently I was looking for my friend penis. <laughs> That's really weird that you would name your friend penis. Did you think that they were real? Oh, yeah. I, re- I remember some of my imaginary friends. <laughs> I just never got imaginary. Like, I didn't understand the concept of it. I was like, do they think that they're really there or? They do. No, they were because I remember some of them. I had a lot of them. I had a very vivid imagination. Maybe they were ghosts. I remember like maybe maybe I was like the kid from the sixth sense. Yeah. Or the ghost whisperer. I see dead people. I I just never understood imaginary. I wanted one. Listen, Sarah, all you have to do is imagine a friend and you have an imaginary friend. But you thought they were real. Yeah, I did. So. Yeah. Maybe I was just too realistic as a child. But I don't remember penis. So So maybe your mom's making that up. Yeah, maybe my mom's just torturing me. But why would she? Because that story is way more embarrassing to her than it is to me. Why? I just wonder why you would come up with that name. I don't know. I mean, who can get inside the mind of a 
toddler. <laughs> no one. They hear it once and then they repeat it. That's true. I just want to know where I heard it. <laughs> TV. Probably. True. Anyway, I digress. We have one item of business today uh, before we get into our do's and don'ts. We're going to give a quick update on our friend Micah, who uh, we... So when we were talking about ovulatory drugs, she was one that we shared uh, that she used Clomid only for... She said it was for low progesterone. And we were like, what? Just for low progesterone? And she confirmed, yes, she only did Clomid for low progesterone. And other people have said the same thing. Yes. So I guess it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Right. Which I guess the only thing I could, the like logic behind that would be if you creates more follicles, you're going to create more progesterone from them. But I don't know. So... She has an appointment with an RE in September. This was all done with an OBGYN. Um, and in the meantime, she has been doing like Chinese medicine, hoping that it'll work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read real quick what she wrote about it because I thought it was helpful for people. She'll say, she said, uh, even if the Chinese medicine doesn't ultimately solve my problems and make it possible for us to conceive naturally, I do think that it has helped my mental health. Acupuncture has improved my stress and my sleep. It has given me a more holistic mindset, which has helped me in my practice of acceptance. This is good, Micah. We talked about that acceptance a lot in the trigger warning. You've made it to step five. Step five, (laughs) Acceptance has ultimately given me the greatest peace of mind regarding my fertility and helps me be not so neurotic about it all. It's true. I would recommend this approach to anyone struggling with infertility. I'm lucky to live in a hippie town in Oregon where there are lots of options for this kind of thing. Yeah, I bet. I was going to say she lives in Oregon. There must be. Yeah. A lot of options for this thing. (laughs) Pretty much what she said before. I'm sure it wouldn't be as easy in some rural areas to find these options. Yeah. So I thought that was helpful. And then the other question we had for her was about LDS. And we were asking her, uh, you know, like, what's the deal with people who don't want to, like, what if they want to choose not to have kids? She said uh, that doesn't happen. Right. She's like, I've never met anyone that didn't want to have kids. (laughs) That's LDS. But she said, the gist is, we believe that when and if you decide to have children, it's totally between the couple and God. There will always be people in every religion that would cast judgments at people for their life decisions. True. But there is no rule that says you can't go to heaven or you aren't a worthy member of the church if you choose not to have kids just because you don't want to have them. So that's good. But like you said, she was like, I've never met anyone that didn't want to have kids. So (laughs) basically, yeah, that's LDS. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've met people who don't want to have kids. Right. I have too. In the general. In the general public. public. Some of them are religious. Some are not. Right. Yeah. Me too. They both happen to be blonde. The two I'm thinking of. (laughs) Like naturally blonde. It's the weirdest thing. But I thought what she said about the Chinese medicine helping her mental health, I I thought that was helpful. Because 
you in other words you might if you choose something like that you might get a bonus out of it and that even if it doesn't help your fertility it might help your stress and peace of mind peace of mind and getting you getting you to that acceptance everyone (laughs) moving you through those stages of grief meditation yoga all these things are good acupuncture i did it once it wasn't i didn't know what to expect and so it was right it wasn't your jam (laughs) so thanks for that update micah let's get into some do's and don'ts for our fertile friends and family and these come from the infertile mafia not from us specifically right so here's what we did we opened it up to our listeners and said hey if you were creating a list of do's and don'ts, what would you say? And you had a lot from, to say. You had a lot to say. <laughs> so that should tell you that this is important to the infertility community, how they're... And if you're listening, we assume that you're someone who wants to be supportive and that you're not a jerk. So <laughs> this is... Th- this is talking to the people that want to be supportive of the infertility community. This is a little a little bit of a guide for you. So what I ended up doing is making a list of like five don'ts and five do's that for the most part, everything people said fell into one of those categories. One of the things on the list. Kayla put a lot of work into this episode. Well, you know, it, it's not that it was a lot of work. It was just so many people have been burned by things that that the people in their life did or didn't do and they like we said have a lot to say about it and I wanted to honor what everyone's feelings are about it and I wanted to make sure that we got most of it out there so yeah it took a lot of work (laughs) well I I just want to say you're like the responsible one in our duo (laughs) that's not true uh, you're growing a human you should so. you guys should thank Kayla for <laughs> this because she don't, keeps me on track. Don't thank me. Sarah, you're growing a human. You're doing way more work than I am. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, you are. Uh Sarah's pregnant in case you guys didn't know. Yeah. It's an IVF baby, okay. It's one of those. It's a designer <laughs> baby. Right. <laughs> Uh, So before we do the do's and don'ts, just a couple things that we want you to know about infertility. I'm switching gears. I'm talking to fertile people right now. So what would those be, Sarah? It is extremely isolating and lonely, so we can really use your support. That's to the fertile people. Uh, There's usually not a quick fix. It's often a long process. Very true. You're going to make mistakes with us, and that's okay. Apologize and try again. So if you say something that's offensive. Insensitive. Yeah, or insensitive. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't. It's okay if yeah. you apologize. It's right. It's We're going to be that much better if you take the time to apologize and say, hey, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. I'm new to this. Let's try again. Yeah. But I put the like the other two on the list, especially that it's not a quick fix. I feel like that's a really important one to know that going through infertility often for a lot of people, it's a very long process. So like j- 
just know that you might and you know be in it for the long haul if you really want to be supportive stay with us as long as it takes because it is very very lonely and there's a lot of there's a lot of change of plans a lot like a lot of uncertainty yeah things change all the time so just because we're starting IVF doesn't mean we're going to be in a few months we'll be pregnant yeah or it certainly doesn't mean we're just going to walk down the street to the sperm bank and be done yeah you know so there's all this stuff after you get pregnant (laughs) it never ends yeah and then I have a quick message to all the infertile people listening which I'm assuming most of you are (laughs) but I think up front we should just like cut some of these people some slack sometimes and know that they're gonna screw up and they don't know what to say and oftentimes they don't mean to hurt our feelings they're gonna make mistakes and it's not a bad thing to show them some grace so that's your mama talking and telling you (laughs) (laughs) and let's be real you've probably said something to someone in the past that was a little insensitive, like, when are right. you guys going to have kids? I mean, who hasn't ever put their foot in their mouth about something? Yeah. You know, like, we've all said things that later we were like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So just remember that when mm-hmm. somebody... And But along with that, I think it's important that we, the infertile people, tell others what we need from them because they may not know. So if you want them to check in with you once a week or every day, then say that. I would really love it if you would just check in and say, how are you doing? Or if you want them to leave you the hell alone, (laughs) tell them that. Every day is a little much. (laughs) Every day is a little much. But yeah, tell them what you need. Don't be afraid to really, you know. Yeah, you can't expect people to know what you want. Right. Or thinking. Communication is key. Especially since everybody does this, but you usually project what you think, what you would want onto someone else. And that's not always, everybody's different. So, like, I probably wouldn't mind someone checking in with me every day. (laughs) No, that is a little much. But it depends. uh, Like, if it's just a text message. Yeah. Right. But yeah, tell people what you need. All right, switching back to talking to fertile people. This is don'ts. Start with the don'ts. So number one, don't give advice. Yeah. Uh, This goes without saying, but uh, don't ask, are you doing it right? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh, Just relax. Because that's saying, when you tell someone just relax, you're saying that they're the one causing their issues and it's all in their head. Yep. Which most of the time it is not. Not. Right. And then there are the people who are trying to solve your problem by asking, have you tried X, Y, Z? Blank. Yeah. And it's super annoying. Just don't do it. (laughs) The answer is yes, I've tried it. (laughs) <laughs> or I've thought about it or you know what's mo- even more annoying about the it, it 
It's like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my situation. Why are you trying to give me advice? I think people have this need to fix. Like you tell them a problem and then they they are already formulating in their mind like a solution for you. And they're yeah. going to tell you about it because they want to fix it. It's the engineers in them. Right. They just They can't just sit in the uncomfortable space that this is the sucky they have to f- try to fix but we don't want your advice <laughs> we have google right we have google and we have lots of other infertile people to talk to so don't give any advice we had um someone in facebook her name is blair she wrote it's simple don't give me unsolicited advice Period. You don't know the why of our infertility journey, so why do you think you can give advice on it? I promise you, even the most relaxing thing you can imagine in the world won't help us get pregnant. So true. So true. And, and then, then on, on, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. On Instagram, someone said, please stop telling me to just relax and it will happen. It's not that easy. I have a real medical condition. I can relax until the day I die and it's not going to make a difference. Yep. So true. And these are two completely different people that basically said the same thing, and they weren't the only ones. Lots of people said, don't tell me to relax. (laughs) Yeah. Relaxing won't bring my tubes back. (laughs) And relaxing won't change the shape of my husband's sperm. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Don't give advice. Oh, uh, number. Don't go ahead. Sorry. Number two is don't ask what's next. Yeah. Like, OK, <sighs> someone gets married. Of course, the first question people ask is, when are when you, having, are you kids? having kids? And then <laughs> if you have a kid, they're like, when are you having your next kid? Yep. Don't do that. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Valerie wrote, we have one daughter. Stop asking when we are having another or that she needs a brother or sister. I don't have the energy to get into the fact that it took three and a half years to conceive her. It gets irritating, especially when 98% of people know that we struggled. Basically, mind your damn business and get out of my uterus. (laughs) Yeah. She said some other stuff, but that's the gist. Yeah, a lot of these I edited for the sake of time. So I'm not necessarily <laughs> reading every because some people, you know, wrote me an epilogue. Yeah. Did and I then, use that right? What's uh, an epilogue? An essay? <laughs> sure. They wrote a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think like we should just in general as a society avoid questions about like reproduction. The, well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like societal milestones because even like I think about the the single woman out there by the time she's I don't know a certain age people are when are you going to get married is there anyone special in your life those are equally annoying I think that's where my brother is (laughs) yeah because it's like once you've once you've reached that threshold of where people consider this you should this should be happening by now because you're this age and this is what people your age do and that like propagates that propagate is that I am making up words left and right <laughs> you're like George Bush 
<laughs> That's right. Nucle- nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> whatever you said. Um, no, it just perpetuates that stigma that we've there talked about. There you go. There, so, yeah, I probably, probably still didn't use it right. But. No, no, I think that's right. Yeah, so don't ask people about what's happening next. They and, probably don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I would put that. I would put the "Did it work?" in the same in the same category. Like, don't like someone on Instagram wrote, "Wait for me to tell you the results of my IUI." Don't ask me if it worked ever. Do not ever ask this because it either did or it didn't. And I might not be ready to tell anyone the answer. So, yeah, I think this one's a little more subtle, but I did see it quite a bit. Like, I want you to check in with me, but I don't necessarily want you to ask me specifics about the treatment. That's hard. It is hard. That's why. But we'll we'll, we'll give some advice when we get to the do's on how to do that. True. And then there's don't try to minimize or fix, which that's number three. It's kind of what we talked about before. And these people say at least you're at least you can get pregnant. Yeah. And then they also say God has a plan. (laughs) And then it's not in God's timing. Right. And then things could be worse. Yeah. Statements like that. That are minimizing your situation. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, you need to remember that you have things going better for you than other people, so you should shut up. No, you should shut up. No, that's <laughs> no. I'm saying that's what the people are saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Kendall said, do not tell me at least you have a child, or at least you know you can get pregnant. F off. <laughs> There's no at least to losing three babies. Yeah. That's true. Ooh. This next part is her, too, if you want to keep reading. Okay. And then she said, do not tell me God needed them more. Mm-mm. And then, if I talk about my angels, please talk about them with me. Don't give me a pity look and clam up. Acknowledge them. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's hard for people to do because they get really awkward about miscarriage. Yeah. So I would cut them some slack, but I totally understand where you're coming from. And in fact, like later we're going to read a comment from Mandy about some advice for how to talk to someone who's lost a child or who's gone through a miscarriage. But yeah, the minimizing is similar to the advice crowd. It's just like... You probably already know that. Like, I know that at least I can fill in the blank. At least I have a loving husband. At least I have embryos. At least whatever it is. Like, you already know that. I don't need you to tell me, you know? True that. (laughs) And the we've talked about this before, too. A lot of these topics overlap. (laughs) A lot of these were covered in the trigger warning one. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. It's therapeutic, I think. But the God statements are really problematic for a lot of people. And I'm a religious person that has, I mean, I'm, I am a practicing religious person and the God statements were problematic for me because it felt like you just want to say something or need to say something. And that's like, 
I don't know. It almost makes a person saying it feel better. Yes. Like, unless you're the one saying it, the person who had the miscarriage or whatever you're talking about, then the other person shouldn't say it first. Right. Because some people do believe that this wasn't meant to be or this is not supposed to happen now. God does have a plan. But for a lot of people, that is not that's not what they want to hear. And I agree. Like I think we talked about this recently that people just feel like they need to say something and that makes them feel better. Yes. To say something like that. <laughs> I was just talking to um, someone from college and she was saying something along those lines about her miscarriage, mm-hmm. which is completely valid for her to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it would not be valid for me to say first. Right. So. I think that that's a, a small difference, but a very big difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I would put the, the minimize in this one, number three, the don't minimize. I would put anecdotal stories in Ooh, here, yeah. too, because I feel like anecdotal stories make it seem like oh, but so-and-so just after IVF and they got pregnant on their own, it, it, again, it minimizes your situation. Or blah, 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 gave up and adopted and right. then they got pregnant. Yes. Don't, don't give me the anecdotal stories. I think they're just a bullshit. <laughs> like the, my dog sitter's aunt had a cousin who was friends with a girl who conceived naturally after IVF. I'm just like, shut up. Which... I mean, it's true because that seems to happen a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some I do think for some people that, that does give them hope. I feel like people that are still newly <laughs> in the TTC feel that that they're more receptive to anecdotal stories of people naturally getting pregnant. But for some of us, spontaneously. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I did it again. Oh. No, it's though it is naturally getting pregnant. Me, yeah, it is naturally getting. But I mean, I guess the medical term now is spontaneous. spontaneous. Yeah, yes. But anyway, sorry, (laughs) I digress. (laughs) I'm just giving you crap. I'm sorry. No, you should because I'm trying to retrain myself to not say that. I'm so insensitive. Don't be insensitive. So I put um, Aaron's comment. She said, don't smile and say, quote, miracles can always happen. Yes, they can. No, they don't always. I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Yep. Some people do like to say that like themselves and tell themselves that. Yes. But, you know, saying it to someone after they're like, I'm struggling. They're like, well... Miracles can happen. <laughs> but like if the person says it who's struggling, yes. then you may it's say it. Similar to the God has a plan comments. Yeah. Yes. I can believe that about myself, but I don't necessarily want you to project that on me. Yes. Yeah. So oh, number four, don't isolate or ignore me, which I can see happening a, a lot. lot in friend groups. More yeah. so than maybe a family member. Yeah. Yep. And this is the like, 
well, I didn't think you wanted to come crowd and Mm. infertility has really changed you crowd. Oh my gosh. Someone just said something about that on the Facebook group. Yeah. I feel really bad for her. That makes me mad. It, yeah, it makes me mad too. (laughs) But I mean, we don't know exactly what the conversation looked like, but it really hurt her feelings. Well, the fertile friend was mad because the infertile friend didn't come to the two-year-old's birthday party. Yeah, like, come on. No one cares about a two-year-old's birthday party. No offense. (laughs) Sorry, Kayla. I know you're planning a two-year-old birthday party, aren't you? (laughs) I am. (laughs) But, I mean, really, why But there will be booze at it, so people will care. Oh, I mean, if there's booze. Booze and ice cream and cake. What could be better than that combination? If you had a bounce house. (laughs) For adults only. (laughs) Yeah. But really... No one yeah. cares about your kid's birthday party. I feel bad about this, but I forgot my niece's birthday yesterday. Oops. I didn't know what day it was. <laughs> well, it's usually how you forget about a birthday. Like, I knew what the date of her birthday was, but I didn't realize that yesterday was that date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but still. It's okay. No one See, really cares about your kid's birthday besides you and maybe the grandparents. Yeah. I mean, whoever, I'm not going to say her name since we're, she didn't, this wasn't a podcast question, but you know who you are. You need to tell your friend to listen to this episode. <laughs> listen to us bad mouth her. Tell no, your don't friend do that. that she but, has an inflated sense of self-worth. <laughs> her, but her friend told her that infertility like has changed her and made her different. It's like, hell yeah, it has. Of course it's changed me it's been any go walking through anything that difficult is going to change you in some way some ways for the better some ways maybe not for the better um until you get on the other side of it until you get to that acceptance phase <laughs> but when you're in the thick of it and you're like really struggling yeah it's going to be hard for you to come around uh, certain events and to all the fertile people out there please understand that and give us that space to skip things because the fertile friend expects the other girl to change with her yeah and become a mommy friend like <laughs> but the infertile friend needs to just be the friend you know <laughs> yeah like she doesn't want to do kid stuff no. Which no. is totally fine. Right. Yeah. I think that's the, like I, I was saying, the, I didn't think you wanted to come, like the people that give you that. If you find out that something, some kind of event happened and they didn't even invite you, like that's much more painful than them inviting you and then you deciding, I don't think I should do that. It's going to be hard. Like to not even get invited, just like being sort of start to be cut out is really painful for people. Yeah. You know, it's like get just keep inviting me, even if every time I turn you down, keep inviting me and give me the option to choose. You know, if you're really wanting to be supportive, don't just start making that decision for me. Right. 
You know, like, in other words, the invitation isn't what's going to hurt me, but finding out that I wasn't invited is really going to hurt me. (laughs) Does that make sense? It makes sense. So Aaron wrote, do keep including me in outings. I may be a hermit more than before, but I'm trying and the option is nice. And, you know, I feel like some days are better than others. So if you ask me on this day, I might be totally down for it hanging out with you and a few other mommy friends or whatever maybe in a short notice ask like same day (laughs) yeah and then other days i'm gonna be like nope not happening today because it you know your feelings fluctuate both sides need to be like easier going with each other i think yeah right and so Ignoring, so we talked, we just talked about this a little bit with Kendall, but ignoring or minimizing a miscarriage or an infant death is uncalled for. True. Don't do that. So, do you want to read what Mandy wrote? Sure. Mandy said, Do say my son's name even though he died. I want to hear his name. It brings me comfort that you remembered him. Don't assume I'm over the death of my first child just because I now have my living baby. I will never get over his death. I have learned how to coexist with the pain of losing my first child, but no, I will not ever get over his death. And she said, don't say anything, but I'm sorry for your loss. It isn't fair. I'm here for you. And then truly be there for her or me. I'm reading it in her words. (laughs) Everything else that you think might be helpful or comforting to say probably isn't. So just don't fucking go there. (laughs) and then she said don't ever say that it was god's will god's plan god needed another angel nope you don't understand how god works then he doesn't delight in my pain yeah so i thought that was a good the first part about um acknowledging her son saying his name talking about him asking about him is it maybe going to be sad to talk about and thus make you the person asking a little uncomfortable? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's so painful for the for your infertile friend that you ignore that this happened to them and never bring it up. Like, I think some people might be like, I don't know if I should bring that up. It's so sad. Do you know what I mean? Or you don't know how to bring it up. Like You don't know how to bring it up or you don't know how to talk about it if we bring it up. And so I think her advice is good. Say the child's name. She lost a child. So even, you know, beyond a miscarriage, her child died in, uh, he was born early. Um, so, yeah, she saw him. She held him in her arms. She named him. And she wants to hear his name she wants to talk about him it brings her comfort for his you name is Ethan his name is Ethan talk about him to her so I just thought that was good advice that I know it's uncomfortable guys to talk about miscarriage but we want to talk about it it validates these feelings that we're having and makes us know that you care oh this is dark Okay, number five, my favorite. Don't be a dick. (laughs) Don't give me insensitive comments like, 
the just adopt crowd or the maybe it's not meant to be crowd or you don't understand how hard it is to be pregnant crowd. You can borrow my kids anytime crowd <laughs> or do I need to give your husband some pointers crowd? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Instagram. Someone said, don't tell me that I can borrow your kids whenever because they are getting on your nerves and don't ask me if I'm sure I'm ready for this as your child cries nope don't do that maybe you're just a bad parent (laughs) do you ever think of that (laughs) your kids don't like you oh Sarah (laughs) I'm just kidding I know everyone knows you're kidding (laughs) no I'm the perfect parent my children never cry (laughs) same <laughs> Alicia says, when your child is misbehaving, don't look at me and say, you're lucky you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> or if they know we're trying, are you sure you want kids? Borrow mine, it'll change your mind. Okay, Susan. <laughs> Just because your kid is an asshole doesn't stop me from wanting my own. It's very true. I, I think, think it's your got... parenting technique, Susan. <laughs> Because your kid is an asshole. Yeah, or maybe it's your uh, genes. I don't know. (laughs) But we got the most comments that would fall under this category. Number five, don't be a dick. (laughs) Most of the things people have problems with that non, that people that are not infertile say to them are these insensitive comments that really dig and they're really they make you they make us sad they make us mad they drive a wedge between me and you and you're supposed to be our friend or our family member that's supportive so all these kind of insensitive comments are they are not helping the situation (laughs) not at all so don't be a dick and in that line also don't gossip about me so In other words, if I open up and share what's a very vulnerable thing for me to share, don't go behind my back and tell other people about it unless I tell you that you can share it with other people. So Brett wrote, do not tell anyone about my infertility story. I, if I have told you to keep it to yourself, if there's someone you'd like to connect me with then ask me first. So I think in this situation, it's like, if you're one of if you're a fertile friend and you find out some so and so is infertile and you go to her and say, "Oh, guess who else is?" Ask me first and then connect us. But don't assume that I'm okay with sharing it with someone else. But mostly don't be a dick. Okay. Some do's. Do listen. Do listen. Just probably listen. The, probably the most important do. Yeah. yeah. Just, just be present. Be pre- Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> just be present with me. Don't feel like you need to say in anything other than that sucks. What can I do for you? Yeah. I think it's like, yeah, I think do listen is the most important one. We had someone from Instagram say, tell me that if I ever want to talk about it, you'll listen judgment free and mean it. And in the same uh vain mandy said do ask me if i want to talk and then be willing to truly listen so like i was saying earlier don't start formulating a a response as i'm talking 
Just listen and be in the moment with me. Let me cry if I need to cry. <laughs> Buy me a cocktail. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's always nice. Um, Buy someone a cocktail. And then um, the last one is Sarah, not me. There's a lot of Sarahs in the Facebook group. There's a lot of infertile Sarahs. <laughs> is there a connection? I don't know. I don't know. There are a lot of infertile Sarahs. <laughs> Sarah says, I've told a couple people who have turned out to be great about the whole thing. The things they do that help are always to listen when I need to talk and to be honest that they don't understand my situation, but to be there for me anyway and to let me cry and not to make try to make me feel better, but just say this sucks. I'm here as long as you need me. I've also told some people who aren't so great about it. The main thing they do that I would say is a big don't is they treat me differently either by suddenly being awkward around me or trying to change the subject if I bring it up. Oddly, mm-hmm. it's my best friends for years who do the latter and casual work friends who do the former. Yeah, you just never know how people are going to react. It's true. Yeah. That, yeah, that's there's very true. A, yeah, <laughs> that's true, Sarah. There's a good chance going through infertility is going to be taxing on some of your relationships. Uh, I mean, we would hope that everyone in our life is supportive and will do all these do's and will not do all the don'ts, but chances are that's not going to happen, which is an unfortunate side effect of infertility. But, I mean, if you're you're a fertile person listening, don't be awkward. (laughs) If we're telling you about our infertility, I know I know it feels awkward, but just keep listening and saying that sucks. That's really all we want to hear. You know, the rules here. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean for fertile people. I know. Well, it's just 10, 5 do's <laughs> and 5 don'ts. <laughs> so many rules. Speaking of, number 2 is do acknowledge me on holidays. So major holidays are especially hard for infertile people. Christmas, obviously, New Year's, it's like, oh, it's another year and I'm still childless. Mother's Day, Father's Day, those are all really hard. I remember getting a, uh, after my miscarriage, I got a text message the follow- for the Mother's Day that was after that from my sister and I think my sister-in-law and... It was so nice. Aw. I ugly cried after reading both of them at <laughs> separate times of the day. That's it so was sweet. Just, it was. It was just nice that they acknowledged it. Like, I know your baby's not here, but you're still a mother. And I, it was helpful for me. And same thing with, like, anniversaries of a loss. So if you know, oh, this is the month my friend miscarried, it's okay to send them a note, send them a text message, give them a call, whatever. They will like to be acknowledged. They will. Uh, yeah. Julia said, send me a message on a particularly hard day if you can remember. E.G. <laughs> Mother's <laughs> Day or the anniversary of miscarriage, just like uh, Kayla just said. Yeah. We got that one a lot. Yeah. 
And I wasn't sure about that one because I don't know that everyone would want that acknowledgement, but it seemed like there was an overwhelming, yes, please acknowledge me on these hard days, holidays and such. I don't think you can go wrong no. doing that. No. I think uh, the timing of it is probably important. Like maybe don't say something to me, like whisper something at a family gathering <laughs> <laughs> because your infertile friend might then want to ugly cry. So it's true. A, a text message like at night or when you know they're not, you know, that might be something to keep in mind because chances are it's going to make them feel emotional. <laughs> Good thinking. Yeah. And to kind of go along with that, number three is do continue to check in on me. Yeah. Don't forget about me. Like, don't ask, like, how the cycle went, but just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are, how are things going? Yep. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, whatever you've told told them that you need. So if, if your infertile friend said, ask me once a week, then do that. And if you say you're going to I'm going to keep checking in on you, then stick with it. Keep checking in on them. <laughs> yep. Um, so Brett said, do let me know that you care. Ask me if you can check in with me. Courtney said, tell me you're praying for me. Send me a random text just telling me you're thinking of me and you love me. I feel like in general, those are nice things to do for people. Oh, yeah. Um, she said, I don't expect people to know what to say or be able to relate to my situation, but little things like just letting me know I'm on their mind goes a long way. I agree. And then another Sarah without an H <laughs> said, fourth been, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty open to my close friends about everything. And the one thing I told them was to let me share information on my own time and my own terms. Don't ask me what's going on. If I want to talk about it, I will. While they don't understand what I'm going through, they have been wonderfully supportive. Which I'm is happy good. for you, other yes. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what's important about the checking in is that you don't need to be too specific. Just, hey, how are things going? I'm thinking about you. That's enough. Yeah. And, and just fertile people, you can do that too, to your friends. Yeah. It's not all about you. Can go both <laughs> ways. Right. Because as we've said many times on this podcast, someone's always struggling with something. You never know what it is. Just be a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. So number four is do let me know when and if you get pregnant and not on Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to find out on Facebook. I would say this is for like really close friends and or family. So if we're just acquaintances and I'm probably just going to unfollow you on Facebook, you know, what that's then that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about close family members, close friends. It's nice to let me know before it goes viral. Would you rather have a phone call or a text? Yeah, I, well, I, you know, the person with one foot in the Gen X crowd <laughs> would probably prefer a phone call, but a text is less, it like doesn't put the 
me, the infertile person, on the spot to respond to you right in that moment? I would prefer a text. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> but like a text can seem so cold, especially to people who did not grow up in the millennial generation. So, I mean, I guess it depends on the person. But That's my usual form of communication, so. Yeah. Um, I got a phone call from a cousin of mine who I'd been trying for, I'd been doing fertility treatments for over a year. So I'd been trying for two years or more. And she called me and told me that she was expecting and she all of her kids she pretty much she was a first try kind of thing she's got three three adorable boys so um <laughs> it was an uncomfortable conversation and just know fertile people that have to do this it's gonna be uncomfortable for everyone involved so the infertile person you're telling they're gonna be sad it they just are but again it's like it's like the inviting me to things it's gonna hurt less if it comes from you and I don't find out about it on Facebook you know yeah it's gonna suck it's gonna be awkward but everyone's gonna get through it and I feel like I should also add that I want the the fertile people to know that even though we're sad, it doesn't mean we're not also happy for you. I just like feel like that's important to remember. And on the same, on the other side of that, we know that the fertile people out there, you're still allowed to be happy about your pregnancy and sad for us. Both things can be true on both sides of that coin, right? Yeah. I mean, don't yeah. let our sadness get you down. Right. You can still be happy, just like we can. We can still be happy for you, even though we're sad for ourselves. Humans are capable of more than one emotion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then once, like, the infertile person gets pregnant, if they are involved in the infertile community, there will be people who you're friends with who won't come along with you <laughs> after that. <laughs> and and so. that's, they need to do that. They need yeah. their space. And then some people will be fine. Because they're like, well, I don't mind hearing about your pregnancy because you're a fellow infertile person. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's different. So, which the last one, number five, do give me a break. So infertility is really hard on people. And we're going to make mistakes too. We're going to probably lash out at people and say things we don't mean to. So show us some grace in this situation so if it seems like I'm less social or if I've changed or whatever try to understand and just be there for me so give us a break sometimes so those were all the rules do's and don'ts and uh, Steph always Steph, says it best Steph needs her own podcast <laughs> <laughs> she does <laughs> yeah we're just gonna read hers hers is great <laughs> okay so Steph, she says, the obvious, if you ask me to adopt, I will educate you and will not be patient. If you ask about whether we are having kids and get pushy, we'll get uncomfortable answers about my vagina. <laughs> don't invite me to your shit. Let me decide. Oh, don't not invite me to your shit. Let yes. me decide. Okay. Uh, deciding for me, even in kindness, isn't helpful. 
the less obvious when you see how hard I'm working at my relationship with your kids. Having them acknowledge me on Mother's Day will make my year. Mm -hmm. This does not go for everyone. The first year my goddaughter made me a card, they asked if it was okay. That's so sweet. Yeah. Aw, I wouldn't have even thought about that. That's nice. Uh, Do not complain to me about your pregnancy symptoms. I will absolutely, I'm absolutely sure that your pregnancy is awful. It sounds hellish. (laughs) But I would willingly take years off my life just to experience that particular hell. And then, she says, the most important thing ever. If you get pregnant and we are close enough that I'm not just going to avoid you for about a year, ask me how we should handle it. What kind of information do I want to know? Do I want pictures of ultrasounds? Should you wait for me to ask? Should you just talk? And I'll let you know if it's too much. So I guess just, you know, talk to her about it. And then she says, the best tool is honesty and communication. Second is hugs and cocktails. (laughs) Third is saying the words, I am so sorry this is happening. I don't know how to help. What do you need? Pretty much. She, like I said, we could have just read her comment and then called it a day. (laughs) Why didn't we just do that? (laughs) (laughs) She hit on so many of the do's and don'ts. She did. (laughs) Succinctly in her one comment. Yeah. So, thank you so much for that, Steph. (laughs) Steph is awesome. And I guess I do want to end it by saying that I, I just want to thank, like, the fertile people out that are in my life, that are in your lives, um that are there for you. Like, I just want to pause and tell them thank you because like, it's not easy on them either. And they are taking on some of the burden with you. And it's so great when you have supportive people in your life, helping you through something difficult. So just want to be thankful for them. We're thankful for you. Yeah. Thanks (laughs) for being nice and stuff. (laughs) Nice and stuff. Speaking of our out of the box segment, we're going to talk about our siblings. So, and I Tell guess me this about was, your siblings. Yeah. This is somewhat related because I wanted to talk about how she handled me <laughs> <laughs> when I was going through infertility. Um, I have one younger sister. Her name is Lara, not Laura, Lara. And, uh, she, she sent me a text message a few days ago. With a correction. <laughs> She's like, you got something wrong. I'm like, damn it. Even the fertile people are correcting us. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you get wrong? Well, it was about her. So it wasn't. <laughs> when we were talking about height differences, you asked me how tall she was. And I think I said 5'4". <sighs> She's not 5'4". <laughs> what is she, like 5'4 and a half? I know everyone, uh, this correction is like really important to people (laughs) no I knew it as soon as I said it I was like no she's taller than that she is a whopping 5'6 everyone (laughs) oh well there's a difference there you got my height wrong (laughs) two inches is a lot but she listens to the podcast I love that like that makes me just yeah because she is not an infertile person 
She has two kids of her own, but she was always so supportive of me going through infertility. She was my number one of all the fertile people in my life. She's the one I leaned on the most. She was always the first person I would talk to about anything. And she was really good about checking in with me, but giving me space and not smothering me. Um, And I think it's because she's so practical and real, realistic. She's got like that type of personality. So she doesn't overreact. She doesn't get overly, you know... She's just very, like, calm as a cucumber, and it was good because I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the volcano. So she was great to me during my infertility struggles. Laura, I love you. Thank you. And thank you the most for that care package going through IVF because she sent me all kinds of fun Band-Aids which I've Aww. talked about before. Like, the my favorite were the ones that looked like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> if only they were real bacon. I know, right? Oh. But it did look funny to see bacon slathered all over my ass. <laughs> <laughs> From progesterone shots. Well, that's nice that you have such a good sister. I do. She's the best. And a good I love relationship. Oh. Yeah. Tell so me about your brother. You... Oh, um, his name's Alex. <laughs> And he's annoying. <laughs> but we're really good at catchphrase together. Oh, fun. Have you played catchphrase? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sure you and your sister would be good, too. I bet we would. Because he could say one word that has nothing to do with the word. And I'll be like, this? And he's like, yeah. And everyone's like, how did you get that? <laughs> so you must be know. close. Uh, I don't know. Pretty close. Not like emotionally. (laughs) He just bought the house next door to us. So physically, we are (laughs) very close. (laughs) Yeah. But he's he watches our dogs for us. So that's nice. (laughs) And he's um, like five years older than you, right? Almost. He's four and a half years. Yeah. Um, So like we didn't hang out growing up. He just had to give me rides places. (laughs) He'd tell me to shut up when I was singing <laughs> and beat up on me. He's resents you because your mom made him babysit you all the time. Uh, he didn't babysit me, <laughs> but he just had to give me rides places once he got his license. Yeah, he's like my annoying little sister. I have to take her to whatever, her to choir. Yeah. <laughs> but... um yeah. Did you know. think it, I've heard you say before? So, like, I loved having a sister. She's three years younger than me. But we're, I mean, we're pretty close in age. But I've heard you say that now in adulthood, it doesn't matter that your brother's like older. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I feel and like some people worry about that, especially in the infertility community, if they can't have a kid within a certain time, the second kid, you know, if they have secondary infertility. And I've heard you say before, like, that doesn't matter. No, no, that doesn't matter. And I think uh, I I hang out with him more because of my husband, I would say. (laughs) Are they friends? Yeah, I don't think that they're not really. I don't know if I would say they're friends, but it's easier because 
of having a husband. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily hang out with him without Peter. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah, well, I guess that's like the there are different dynamics to same-sex siblings and, you know, boy-girl siblings. Yeah, if you were a sister, we would probably hang out. Like, I hang out with Peter's sister without Peter. Right. And Peter sees my brother more than I do because they work together. So mm-hmm. that's also a thing. Yeah. Siblings you never are... want to work with siblings. <laughs> like, we can't be in the office together. Because <laughs> we yell at each other all the time. Because you still fight into your yeah. 30s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah. I mean, he just siblings. annoys me sometimes. Well, of course. Siblings are the best because they're like that person that no one else has had that life experience like the same one as you, except your sibling for the most part. Yeah, yeah. That's so why we're have... good at catchphrase. Right, right. <laughs> And then my dad is always like, oh, he could make you laugh. And I, I don't even realize it. Like he'll, even when he annoys me, he'll say something and I'll laugh. <laughs> and so I guess we have the same sense of humor. Well, that's good. But, well, and then, then I, I mean, I have a kind of sister, not step <laughs> anymore. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, <laughs> my dad has a daughter, the- but no one talks to her, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> her name is also Sarah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to explain that in another out of the box. Send us it's, your family drama, Mafia. We it's, not, it's not even drama. We just we just don't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's She's so older funny that you have the me. same name. <laughs> Yeah, she's 10 years older than me, and it's just, it's better not for, like, both parties. <laughs> it's just less drama not talking to her. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, my my stepdad adopted me, so when I say dad, that's who I'm talking about. Right, that makes a little more sense to people now. <laughs> it's all he very had, confusing. He had a daughter in a previous relationship, and he chose the name Sarah. <laughs> Yes, but without an H. So. Ah, little did he know that he could like bonus should, Sarah. Yeah, you, the Sarah without an H should probably sound like Sarah, like Laura. Uh-huh. You know, like your sister. Right. She answers to all of it. Laura, Laura, Lara. But it's Laura. There are so many <laughs> Sarahs, though. Yeah. So many. So many. I want to just figure no one's talking to me so I never answer <laughs> and see if I ever run across a Kayla because there are some in the world it's like weird yeah. it's like seeing a unicorn oh especially if it's spelled the same way as mine I was going to say they're usually not spelled the same as no. you no there's all kinds of spellings for Kayla I know that's why so it gets many. mispronounced all the time Kayla Carla. I get a lot of Carla. They think it's Carla. They think like there's I, a missing they, letter. They think I they think the E looks like an R or they think I misspelled my own goddamn name. Well, you might have. <laughs> Do you mean Carla? Like no. No. <laughs> no. And the weird thing is like on the phone with my name, people think I say Beth. Sarah sounds nothing like Beth. <laughs> I know, that's why it's very strange. Like 
like I'm getting takeout food and I go pick it up and I'm like, uh, it's an order for Sarah. They're like, I have Beth here. <laughs> what? Like, where do you get Beth from? I don't know. This has happened so many times. That's so strange. Do you it's... hear? No. When they, here, ask me what my name is. What's your name, Sarah? Sarah. Oh. <laughs> Sarah. Do you hear Beth in there? Sarah Beth is a name. No, I, d- I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't understand. Has any other Sarahs had this problem? <laughs> yeah, guys, send us your stuff. Send us your yeah. family drama. Send us your Nick, your little fun facts about your name. Send us fun facts about your siblings. Send you us everything. You guys have family drama too, right? Yeah. Come on. Don't make us feel like we're the odd one out here. Send us all your stuff to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And if you're not in our Facebook group, join it. It's called The Infertil Mafia. Of course, follow us on Instagram at Infertil Mafia Podcast. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to hear a lot more do's and don'ts and sibling drama and eggs and balls and stuff. (laughs) In our next episode, we're talking about IVF. Finally. We're giving you the cliff notes on IVF. I feel like... I feel like the audience is starting to get blue balls. Yeah. Because we have not talked about IVF yet. Like, we're finally going to give you the release you've been needing and wanting. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yeah, we're going to give you the crash course in IVF. (laughs) Just the cliff notes. And then we'll start really digging in. You know what? I think we should do an, an episode on raising funds for IVF. There you go. Let us know if you'd like to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want money for IVF? I've been helping my friend with a fundraiser this week. That's why I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Let's do it. I have a bunch of t-shirts to make. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tune in for that, for the crash course on IVF. And as always... Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia, especially to all you fertile people out there. Yeah, you can be (laughs) in the Infertile Mafia too. Yeah, you're part of the club. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Bye.